Hi, Steve. Hi, Prabhat. Welcome to Online Seller Podcast. Thank you for having me. Brilliant. So, um, so thank you for your time again. And um, it will be good to know, uh, let our retailers know um, something to do with um, search engine optimization. Um, that's because I've seen and met few retailers and it's a lot of confusing information out there. Um, so if you could just let us know five main points that um, any retailer should know about search engine optimizers and that'll be great. Yes, certainly. Um, So the first one, um, I've got a list of five things that I could think of, and they kind of cover all different parts of um, SEO, search engine optimization, as you'll find out now. So we've got like a couple related to on-site technical, one related to text and copy, and another one related to link building. So um, the first one that was kind of very high level, very overall, which is to get your own website because all well and good if you're selling through eBay and Amazon, that's great. But if you have your own website where you can sell products directly, then that can benefit you in a number of ways. Um, Firstly, um, obviously eBay and Amazon rank really well in search engines um, themselves, but you might be able to rank your own products um, separately um, and direct people straight to your website. Also, there's the risk, I guess, with Amazon and eBay that you never know what they might change in the future. I mean, it's unlikely that one of them will just drop off the face of the earth tomorrow, but if one of them does a massive, you know, cha- made changes a setting, um, it might affect how you run your business. So at least if you've got your own, biz- your own website, you've got full control over it, um, and you're building and working on something that's, you know, it's there to stay, and, you know, it's your own version of how you sell your products, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the second one is, um, I'm going to jumble these around, actually. So the second one I've got, so I'm looking at the list as I do this. Um, the second one is quite advanced, it's, um, and it's an on-site technical thing. It's, um, it's got quite a few names. Some people call it structured data. Some people call it rich snippets. Um, it's one of the ways you can do it is by using something called schema.org. It's basically, if you do a Google search, sometimes you can see, you get things like um, your ordinary results. So you, they just have a title, a description, and the URL of the page. It's a very bog standard um, snippet. But you can also, you can add details to them. So you can have things like product reviews, um, the star rating, things like that. So you can actually mark up the code. So say if you do get your own website, which is the first one I mentioned, you can mark up the code. So if you're selling products and people have left reviews, you can include that in the snippet. So um, if you're not sure how to do it yourself, there are plugins available. Or if you're working with a web designer, web developer, they should be able to do it for you. Um, or you can talk to them about it. And the good thing is, is they're very eye-catching. So if someone's searching for a product and um, all of your competitors just have a description, but yours has a description and a star rating next to it, and it might be, you know, four and a half out of five, even if you're not one of the highest ranking results, people might think, oh, that's interesting, and um, leapfrog the other results and click on yours, and then they end up on your website. So it's a good way to try and catch people when they're browsing Google and looking at the different results. It's something you can add to your um, code your website to kind of appeal to them and, you know, attract more visitors. Okay, and with these reviews, it's it's really interesting because um, they are for product retailers. Mm. Um, there are obviously a lot of products online, and could be um, could be a competitive advantage to have reviews on their website. Mm. And uh, do you suggest to have reviews built into the website, or do you suggest to have reviews 
um, which are hosted on third-party independent website? Ooh, that's a very good question. And um, I guess it depends on a number of factors, and it might be a case-by-case basis. Um, to be honest, if you can get reviews on your own website, it's a great way to get unique content on your own website. It's probably right. going to be a lot more work. But um, I do know I'm de- working with a client at the moment. He's not an online seller, but he's hoping to embed his reviews from the website reviews.co.uk right. onto his website. And, um, you know, it's a great way to show trust and show that, um, you know, he's a reliable um, seller. And um, so to answer your question, I think if you can get the, result, um, the review straight to your website, then that's probably going to work out better than pulling them in from somewhere else and and to be honest with you probably work in better with the um review snippets as well because you might not be able to do the review snippets if it's pulled in from somewhere else i'm not too sure right okay no that's good answer that's good good. really helpful okay no problem so uh, my third one is um, one thing that's very common for e-commerce websites in particular is duplicate content issues google tries to penalize duplicate content because I mean, in the old days, people, if they had lots of very similar-ish pages, um, then there's the risk that Google might think, you know, looking in the worst possible way, you might be trying to cheat the system, you might be trying to get multiple pages to rank for lots of different things. Um, A lot of duplicate content is innocent. It's people, it's the way a website's built, and, you know, nobody means to actually try and create three versions of one page, but it's just the way that maybe the CMS system handles it. Um, one example that affects um, e-commerce websites is when you have, like, search filters. So if somebody searches by, like, price and then color, and that's one URL, but then they search by color and then price, and then that's another URL, but it's, it might be the same results, but you've got two different versions of the page. So I think CMS systems like uh, Magento, things like that, are getting more advanced at the way these handle things, but it's it's just something to keep an eye on. It's very difficult to give, you know, obviously accurate examples in such a brief podcast, but it's one of those things where if you think you might be penalized by search engines for duplicate content, just bear in mind that the way that your, um, uh, the way your website might handle the pages and the URLs might be the reason to blame. And so, and, but if you're dealing with a, um, SEO agency, um, they might be able to highlight that as well. Okay. Brilliant. My fourth one actually ties into that as well. It's, it's sort of related to duplicate content, but it's more of a less technical. It's more text related and it's making sure, uh, this, this advice isn't very popular with people because it means a lot of work, but it's making sure that it, you give all your products a unique description based on the original you might get, uh, might have received. So a lot of people, what they do is say if they're selling 200 products, they might have, um, 200, you know, description for everyone, and they might just use the one that they got from the manufacturer, or they might just get it from the manufacturer's website. And the problem is, is that's a duplicate content issue right there. You, in the very, in the simplest sense, even though you're not meaning to, you're kind of plagiarizing the original. So Google will discount it, discredit you. So if you can go to the effort of, you know, writing a unique description and making it so that it's different to anything else that's out there, then you will stand to benefit and Google will consider it different. It'll consider it unique. Um, and therefore, uh, you have more of a chance of ranking um, versus just copying and pasting from someone else's website or from somewhere else. And if all your competitors are doing that, but you're, you've gone to the effort, you have more chance of benefiting. Yes. Um, and it ties in, but uh, there are ways beyond the normal to try and make a page unique in text. So um, funny enough, you, asked, you said earlier about, about, oh, is it worth getting reviews 
um, from your own website. And of course, if you do get reviews um, for every product on uh, your own website, then that's a great way of getting unique content because right. chances are that they've written, that customer's written that review specifically for your website, not anywhere else. Uh, and then that's a good way. That'll help to make the page more unique in the sort of the amount of text on it. So that's one workaround. And then anything else uh, for one client I once recommended um, for a product, you know, why do you stock it? And so they put, oh, our company stocks this product because this, that and the other. And they like gave their reason. And as well as making the content more unique for the page, it kind of it gave a bit more personality to the brand as well. Right. But it's it's really challenging because, um, say, for instance, if I'm selling a Dove soap, it's a Dove soap, uh, whether you buy... <laughs> yeah, precisely. Yeah, whether you buy from Tesco's or Sainsbury's. So, yeah, um, that's a very yeah. good point. For very ordinary products, it's all the more of a challenge. Um, and Or if you're working in an industry that's quite boring... Um, uh, but yeah, so if it's 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 not a very interesting product. Like I'm yeah. just looking at my desk at the moment, and I've got um, paper clips on my desk. And, <laughs> you know, it's exactly like you said with the Dove soap. You know, how do you write something unique for paper clips? But um, I appreciate that that's difficult advice, depending on what industry yes. and what products you're selling. But yeah, all the more of the challenge, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but still, it is it's a good advice for people uh, selling the products where they can obviously. Um, uh, create a unique content so that's yeah. that's a really yeah. good tip yes good stuff and then my last one um is uh link building as a whole is a good way of um boosting your ranking from an seo point of view so you can write whatever you want on your website you can add keywords to it but um another way to help your website rank is to get links from other websites and the more relevant the more contextual and also the more authoritative so if big popular websites are linking to you then that helps um and some tactics um, are good specifically for online sellers. And one um, that I usually recommend is trying to get links from the brands that you sell. So if you sell 50 brands on your website uh, or through eBay or through Amazon, that's potentially 50 websites that you could get a link from because if they have a section where they list all of their stockists, it might be the case that they don't sell from their own website and therefore they link out to everyone else who does then you already sell that product. If you're not already listed on there, that's a chance for you to get in touch and say, hey, you know, we should be on your list. And they'll say, sorry, and add you. Um, so it's a very, you know, so long as the circumstances are right, um, it's a very, you know, quick and easy way to get a link. And a great example I had was um, not a traditional non- online seller, but a client of mine is an opticians. And they, they don't sell from their website, but they sell in store. And they stock Ray-Ban, they stock um, Adidas, they stock Emporio Armani. Those websites are huge from an SEO authority perspective. And so getting links from them, and we've managed to get a a few links from a few of them, um, you know, should really boost their SEO. And, you know, the same would apply to you as well, for those of you who are listening. Brilliant. I think that's a good tip. Thank you. And those are my, so those are my five tips um, to boost the SEO of online sellers. I hope it's useful. Yeah, and so um, just one um, question, uh, not within these five points. Um, okay. Say, for instance, um, uh, when we are doing some sort of sale or deals for the festive season, mm. and um, and obviously these are planned some time ahead, but it's not way, way ahead, you know. So do you suggest, uh, so what do you suggest for a search engine to rank this sort of 
uh, say for example a fr- black friday sale and things like that right so do, so do you uh, suggest to plan that way way ahead or any particular um, couple of weeks before so that search engine can rank them uh, well um what's your thought on this uh, my, my advice would be the more time the merrier because seo right. can take time to take effect um so funny enough, I had an email with a client this morning who was hoping to rank something there. Their busy series season is January and they were asking yes. if there was time to rank something now, you know, with two to three months to go. And I said, you know, it's going to be difficult. I think it's one of those things where try and plan at least three months in advance, three if months. not at least, if not okay. longer. It depends. It's, it's going to be a case by case basis. It depends on how busy and uh, how cutthroat your industry is. Even in a quiet industry, I'd still allow three months. If you're in a busy industry, I'd allow six to 12, perhaps. And um, the one thing that's quite difficult as well is um, with is, is the viability of keeping the page live even during non-season periods. So, for instance, having the Christmas page, but then do you think, all oh, right, in January, February, do you kill it? Um, it's a difficult one because you want to keep it because the longer it stays alive, the better from an SEO point of view, and then it will help rank for the following year. But the problem is if you take it offline and then start again, you right. might have to start the process again. So it's, I suppose it's easier for, say, certain industries where they've got quite a few seasons and therefore it doesn't make sense. It, it makes sense to keep the page live all the time. For instance, um, I'm thinking of a florist who would have Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Christmas, um, they might have quite a few season busy periods that they work to. But, um, yeah, um, to answer your question, my advice would be to plan. The more time, the, the merrier, to be honest with you. What you don't want to do, for, say for Christmas, you don't want to do it in November, no. uh, December, and then find that it ranks in January, February, because it's too late then. <laughs> I mean, the best bet then is just to wait until the following year. Okay. No, that's that's great, great advice. Okay. So for um, for people who are listening, uh, retailers who are listening this podcast, mm-hmm. um, if they want to get in touch with you, uh, what's your email address and phone number, Steve? Um, I'll give you, instead of email address phone number, I'll give you my um, website address and Twitter handle, Brilliant. if that's okay. Yeah, so that's the, good. So I've got two websites. I've got my, my business website. I'm an SEO consultant. Is morganonlinemarketing.co.uk. Yes. But I also have a blog, which I keep separate because it tends to be a bit more informal and tongue-in-cheek, and that's S-E-O-N-O, so that's S-E-O-N-O.co.uk. Okay. And my Twitter handle is at Stevie Phil, S-T-E-V-I-E-P-H-I-L. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you very much for your time, Steve, today. No problem. Thanks for having me, Prabhat. Thanks.